Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. My guest today is a guest that some very close people in my life recommended that I reach out to and have on my show. And, and I'm very, very excited to have with me Pastor James Ward, who uh, my parents met at an event and had suggested that I have him on my program. So Pastor James, thanks for being here. Hey, Jerry, it's really my, my pleasure. Thanks for having me and certainly all the best to you and your parents as well. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So just as a, a quick introduction, you're a pastor, you're an author, a visionary and an entrepreneur. So you're doing a lot of things, but I'd love for you to just comment on something uh, that gives sort of the essence of what your mission is. And it's from your website. And on your website, it says that you emphasize Christian character and leadership development. You're a strategist and advocate for holistic social renewal, reconciliation, and transformation. That's a lot. It's really great, but it's a lot. Explain what that means. Sure, Jerry. If I had to simplify uh, what you just shared, you know, Jesus tells us in the Great Commission to be salt and light, that we're the salt of the, the earth and the light of the world. And uh, it's clear, Jerry, that we're experiencing unprecedented darkness spiritual darkness and decay right now in our world. Uh, that's the gospel applied, that's faith applied to our society. I sometimes say, Jerry, that uh, the, the condition of the nation is the church's spiritual report card. For those of us who are followers of Christ, uh, who believe in the truth of the scriptures, if we really wanna know how well we're doing and how effective we are in the earth, then we have to look at society. That's our the, the uh, report card, I should say, for what we're uh, doing in the earth, if we're being effective. And of course, we look around right now in the nation, uh, we're dealing with darkness and decay in ways that we've never seen before. We need, we need God's people, the Church of Jesus Christ, to engage right now if there's any hope uh, for uh, darkness to be pushed back in our nation and for uh, the light of the gospel to shine. So in that sense, so my parents also had sent me your book and, and this is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, certainly I want to promote it and talk about it. And I'll let you do the same. Tell us about this book. So it's called Zero Victim, uh, yeah. Overcoming Injustice with a New Attitude. And I admit I haven't gotten through the whole thing. I read almost the whole thing um, before sure. today, but it's really, really good. And explain what you mean. Go through what, what, you know, the premise of Zero Victim and what you mean. Sure. No, absolutely. So um Without a doubt, the year 2020, 2021, these have been the most tumultuous, most uh, emotional years, I guess, of our lifetime. If you go back to not only the pressures and the, the tragedy that we were facing with COVID, but particularly in 2020, the socio-political uh, tension, the political unrest, the racial, racial tension uh, that really kind of uh, was augmented during that time, and we're still experiencing that today, uh, meant something that really uh, began to transpire in my heart, this zero victim message. Jerry, the soil of what we see in America right now, the soil of the tragedies, uh, cancel culture, you, you, you see the tension over critical race theory, again, the socio-political issues. I mean, in some ways, it seems like we're back in the 50s or the 60s, like we've had this setback. Victimization is inundating our nation right now. And this 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 uh, message about zero victim, it goes back to childhood for me. I grew up in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I remember in third grade when they integrated the school system and they bust the uh, black kids to the quote unquote white side of town. Uh, I thought there was going to be problems. There was great tension in Alabama even at that time. Uh, but I noticed when I when I went into school 
And I had a teacher during that time who happened to be a friend of my grandmother. She would put our names on the board. If any students did well in class, she would write their names on the board. And Jerry, I noticed that my name was being on the board, was on the board every single week that I was doing well, that the white kids around me weren't holding me back. They weren't oppressing me. They weren't keeping me from succeeding and doing well. And something clicked, I really believe, by the grace of God in third grade. And I realized that I was as smart as any other kid in the room, uh, white or black. And it freed me from thinking and believing that the kids around me were against me. And a very, very powerful thought was planted in my life. And from that time, Jerry, even with the racial tension that's happening in America, I no longer believed, I didn't believe in white supremacy because I didn't believe in black inferiority. Something changed within me that changed how I interacted with the world around me and how I perceived the world around me, the hostilities that were around me. And you know what? That principle really guided my life from that time until now of understanding the power of not being a victim. And I'll give you just the, the heart of it that I write about this in the book. Zero victim thinking is the mindset of Jesus Christ, God's prototype for humanity, for humanity the one that we're called to pattern our lives after Jesus Christ. Jesus was not a victim, Jerry. So think about this. The only innocent man that ever lived suffered the greatest injustice that the world has ever known. He was crucified brutally for the sins of other people, not only his own, not even his own sins. And think about this. While he was still in the act of being victimized and the nails were still being driven in his hands, Jerry, he's already praying, Father, forgive them. He's already speaking uh, from the power of love, with the power of love, Lord, forgive them because they don't know what they do. That is the standard for how we deal with injustice and victimization in this life by which we measure everything else that's happening. And so we hear so many cries. We hear so much talk right now. Folks are upset saying getting justice, getting justice. The standard for dealing with any kind of injustice is the cross of Calvary. So when we go back to talk about the gospel, the word of God, faith applied to society, we have to revisit uh, the reality of the, the love of God through the person of Jesus Christ, if we ever hope uh, to fix the ills that we're facing in society. And that begins with us having a zero victim mindset. Yeah, that's really great. That's really well put. And it puts into perspective why, if you want to get rid of victimhood, that faith and is a part of that. You you can't yep. separate the two. I, so I want to ask your thoughts, because a lot of what you were saying, I was kind of taking notes and thinking about some follow-up questions. There is a lot of victimhood today, though, right? I mean, I mean, you, you're talking about going back to third grade. It is a great thing that you discovered that. And I've talked to many others that have said, hey, no one's holding me back. And you went ahead and succeeded. There are a lot of people who are much even younger than you, for example, that are claiming victimhood, right? That are complaining they can't succeed in life because of racism, because of maybe systemic racism, because their great grandfathers weren't uh, allowed on the GI Bill. You, yeah. you know, what What do you say to them who are adults now who are saying, I'm a victim, I'm poor because I'm a victim, I'm in jail because I'm a victim? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, um, I often say, Jerry, um, Satan doesn't discriminate. People discriminate all the time for a number of different reasons. But Satan doesn't discriminate in the sense that he hates all of us, you know, and so we have to deal with uh, the fact that victimization is a part of life. Victimization is something that every human being has in common, uh, that you and I may have not 
may not have been victimized the same way, but we're both victims because we live in a fallen world. We live in a hostile world that is perfectly designed to make victims out of every one of us. Um, this zero victim message is not just something that's applicable to race, but I hear from uh, folks that have gone bankrupt. I hear from couples who've been in divorce, uh, who've gone through divorce. I hear from uh, ladies who have been involved in uh, as victims of sex trafficking. I deal with folks who have been incarcerated and dealing with all kinds of things that have happened in life. Victimization is something that is a part of life. But at the end of the day, we have to make a decision uh, to act and to not react. I sometimes say that victim thinkers, uh, Jerry, we uh, victim thinkers react by reflex, but zero victim thinkers respond to what they're dealing with. They respond by reason, if I, sh I should say. Victim thinkers react by reflex, but zero victim thinkers respond by reason. There's a big difference between the two. And so for anyone who claims victimization, and this is what happened to me, I would say don't allow your emotions uh, to dictate your future, to dictate the trajectory of your life. God has created us to be overcomers. And so I talk about overcoming uh, injustice with a new attitude and putting on this zero victim perspective. I'll give you an analogy. Victim thinking works like a set of lenses. If I put on a set of lenses right now, I literally can read victimization into my life, victimization into the circumstances of my life because of the lenses that I'm wearing. And folks that have a zero, have a very victim mindset, they have to remove those victim lenses and put on zero victim lenses to not see themselves as victims. I'm always amazed sometimes when I fly in an airplane. You know, Jerry, there has never been a, a cloudy day in the history of the world. And what I mean by that is when we're here at a lower altitude and we look up, it seems to be cloudy. But I'm always amazed that when I'm on an airplane, we eventually break through the clouds and we now uh, on the other side of the clouds, friends, uh, you know, there's Jerry, there's never been a, sun, a, a cloudy day. Every day is a sunny day above the clouds. The perception of us being under the clouds has to do with altitude, that we've got to rise above uh, the clouds if we're going to see the sunshine. And victim thinking works the same way for any person who feels that they've really, really been uh, uh, troubled in life through victimization. The issue is altitude. Can you rise above it? And that's what I write about in the book, overcoming that injustice with a new attitude. Perspective perspective is everything in dealing with victim thinking. Yeah, it's really good. And, and what I find interesting, I, I caught myself thinking as you were saying this, is that you, you're even lumping in people who are actual victims. Like when you talked about, when you talked about sex trafficking, I mean, that is a victim and you're basically saying whether you are legitimately a victim or it's something, an excuse, either way you have to, what, it sounds like you have to forgive, you have to move on, you have to just accept it. Otherwise you're kind of stuck in this, in this anger, this resentment and, and victim mentality. Would that be correct? Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. You know, zero victim thinking does not deny the reality of of injustice. Evil exists. And Matthew in Mark chapter seven, Jesus says that evil proceeds from the heart of people, all kinds of evil. Um, it's a force that we have to deal with. And so it never denies the reality of evil or injustice, but it denies injustice the right to define the rest of your life for the remainder of your life. For every single one of us, regardless of what we've gone through, it's not just about what we've gone through, it's how we respond to it. And I encourage folks with the book uh, to not allow victim thinking 
thinking to change the trajectory of your future and to put you on a course uh, where you can never, ever break through into maximum potential or full potential in life because of something that happened in your past. Again, overcoming injustice with a new attitude, a new perspective can change and redefine the rest of any person's life, the, the, uh, regardless of what it is that they've experienced in life that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and it actually, it kind of reminds me of, and I've, I've thought about this numerous times when I think about forgiveness and moving on from being a victim is uh, there was that uh, that church shooting? I want to say it was in Pittsburgh. It was a black church, and in yeah. uh, the kid came in and, and shot people. In the congregation, multiple people dead. The congregation very quickly said they forgave him, and it was amazing to me that they did that. And yeah. you you have to imagine that that was their first step towards healing. Yeah, I, I know exactly what we're talking about. That was in um, Charleston. South Carolina at at okay, Mother yeah. at Mother Emmanuel AME Church. As a matter of fact, just a few months I was there. I visited that church and had a chance to talk to some of the folks who went through that process. And I was at that unfortunate event, I should say, and I was amazed at the power of love and forgiveness uh, for them to get through it. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't dismiss what was done, but they refuse to allow it to define and to poison the remainder of their lives. Um, it's it's a, a wonderful example. Again, when we apply the power of the gospel, when, when we apply the power of faith to these challenges in life, we can overcome them uh, with a new perspective and with a new attitude. So as an individual, you can tackle this, obviously, and you should uh, uh, tackle the victimhood mentality. But there has to be a question, and I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on the people that are spreading victimhood. In other words, they're telling other people, you're a victim, you're a victim, blaming other people. And we see that politically, which is, a, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of the sort of political issues that have come out, racial tension and things like that. What do you think the agenda is of those that are pushing it? Yeah, it's absolute power. It's absolute manipulation. I think that somewhere along the lines, uh, some of our political leaders have discovered that the absolute greatest political capital in America today is victimization and victim thinking. It's been politicized. It's been weaponized. Um, the genesis, again, and the origin of cancel culture, uh, what we've been hearing about uh, critical race theory, these things are overtaking our nation. That defined uh, the year 2020. I'm reminded right now, even dealing with some of the challenges we're seeing with Russia and Ukraine uh, and the, the nation of Ukraine, um, our last political election, our last presidential elect election, there was really no talk about foreign policy. It was all about victimization. It was all about uh, racial tensions that were happening in the nation. So it's been politicized. It's something that has infected and affected our nation. And we have to uh, go back to this idea of zero victim men mentality that I believe is a new way of thinking. I want to call America and be America's coach, America's pastor, to call America into a new way of thinking, to call America into this zero victim mindset. Uh, we got to call folks out of extreme division, even partisan division, to get everyone to come out of their end zone to the 50 yard line. I sometimes say that zero victim thinking is the only way to push the reset button on relationships for us to have intelligent dialogue to see how we can move forward as a nation. Yeah, it, it's, it's so well put that uh, these politicians utilize this for their own yeah. personal benefit. 
whether or not they even believe it, it's hard to even know, right? Yeah, right. They're just using it for their own benefit, which which is ultimately uh, evil. It yeah. really is. Uh, so a couple other things I'd, I'd love for you to comment on, and then we'll take a look at your website because I think people should sure. uh, certainly purchase the, purchase your book, which you can get the book from uh, your website as well. But uh, you're also, you found uh, the Insight Church. And I was curious as to know if someone were to come into your church as a new parishioner, or check it out, what will their experience be? Yeah, their experience would be, um, I believe, and I don't, I don't think I'm biased because I'm the pastor, but from what I see and experience every week, they would experience a wonderful congregation, a multi-generational, multi-ethnic congregation um, of Insight Church. And really, uh, you know, Jerry, our church, Insight Church, was the place that we really worked out the zero victim message long before uh, this message really began to take off and impact the nation. And I began to get calls from, you know, government leaders and corporate leaders to uh, communicate zero victim. We kind of used our church as a as a pilot, as a test, as a beta project and a uh, R&D kind of facility to work this out. Because even over the years with the extreme, uh, let's just say political divisions in our church at Insight Church, um, teaching this zero victim message, studying this vic zero victim message together from the scriptures. You know, Jerry, we would have folks who are on the right, who are far right Republicans and some folks who are far left Democrats. But you know what, in the place of worship, they're sitting next to each other hands are lifted, they're worshiping the Lord, they're praying for each other, they're caring for each other's children. There's a place that I say that we're not on the left or the right, but we're calling people from the left and the right above into the kingdom of God, into an elevated perspective, which is the zero victim mindset, which is the, the, the mindset of Jesus Christ himself. And so uh, we've really seen a place that it is possible uh, for people to come together into a higher way of thinking. And that is why I'm so uh, uh, have such deep convictions to get this message out in America, there is a, a higher perspective that we can come to in a nation to have uh, uh, opportunities to fellowship and to walk together in life, even though we have a difference of, of, of opinions. Absolutely. Uh, so I am interested too in, in the national prayer altar that mm -hmm. you, did you, it was, was that something you found? Uh, it, it, explain it. Tell, tell me about it. Sure. It sounded really, really interesting. Yeah, you know, again, in 2020, when our nation was really uh, in travail with the effects of COVID during the tension with the president, uh, presidential election, the problems that we saw with the George Floyd case in Minneapolis and uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, the Jacob Blake shooting, by, by the way, we were very much involved. Um, Jacob Blake, the young man who was shot um, by the police officer in Kenosha, Wisconsin, when, when Kenosha was on fire, his mother is actually a member of our church and on our intercessory prayer team. And so we were praying for the nation and the Lord really began to speak to our hearts. We believe to go to Washington, D.C. to lead our nation in prayer. Um, that vision uh, somehow by God's providence got back to Steve Green, uh, the president of Hobby Lobby, who is the uh, who his family built Museum of the Bible. And uh, we came together. Steve felt that that vision was in line with his heart. And so we found it uh, National Prayer Altar. And now uh, two or three times a year, we go to Washington DC to lead prayer. Uh, Second Chronicles 714, God says, my people have to pray uh, together and seek my face and I will heal the land. And so that prayer movement has been growing. We have several hundreds of people that come together a few times a year in Washington DC, hundreds more online. And as a matter of fact, our next uh, prayer national prayer altar is coming up on Thursday, June, uh, I believe 16th of this year, 18th of this year. And uh, the month of June, and so I'm really looking forward to that as well. 
Yeah, that sounds really great. It really does. It's great work that you're doing. And uh, what? so as I promised, I want to share my screen real quick and just, sure. uh, you know, kind of look, let, let people who are watching this episode on Rumble, let's hopefully Rumble. I, I say that because YouTube banned my last episode from from YouTube. Oh, wow. So, but if you go to, if you're watching, you can, uh, you could obviously see the site. If you're just listening, uh, it's James Ward junior.com is where yep. you can go to and, and here you see here you see you're at uh, and it gives a little bit of a history and shows your beautiful family here as well in the top right is where you would go click to get and get this book again really really great it j- just give us a couple couple points of uh, key areas that if someone visits the website they should go to to, to learn more yeah, first and foremost you'll 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 read just a little bit about my family that's my first ministry regardless of um, what God enables us and graces us to do around the world. Uh, my very first ministry is to my my lovely wife, uh, Sharon, who co-pastors with me. We've been married for about 20, 22 years, uh, just in a couple of weeks. And we have two amazing children, Hannah and Jonathan, who are serving the Lord, who are involved in ministry with us. And, um, you know, even what's happening in, in society, I'll say this, that, you know, during the time of uh, Black Lives Matter, I have to speak into this, that you heard so many calls and so many cries about Black Lives Matter. And I get asked that question, James, do you believe in Black Lives Matter? And I say, and I'm very clear, I don't support the organization Black Lives Matter or their values at all. But I do believe Black Lives Matter because I'm Black, my wife is Black, and my children are Black. But I, the reason I did not support the organization is because the organization was anti-family. That what they stood for and what they represented, claiming that Black Lives Matter they did not, black, black families and black marriages did not matter to them. And so that's where I had to separate from that narrative. And I think this zero victim perspective, again, gives us an alternative to that way of thinking, uh, to know that, that uh, zero victim thinking is something that benefits the family, it benefits black marriages, it benefits black, black families, and what it is that God intends for all of us. Very important for us to get that message out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good, good points about Black Lives Matter. I've, I've had others who've said the same, said it the same way. I've said it the same way. Of course, they matter. The organization, yeah, not so good. If you if you look into it, right. So you do have to, you know, differentiate between the two. Uh, so yeah. So if you come up here, you could look into the church at the top. It's really great. Learn about the National Prayer Altar. Um, if you're interested in having uh, Pastor James come and speak. As I said, my parents uh, listened to you at a conference in Florida just a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, and obviously they highly recommended you. And uh, so far, you have not disappointed. Uh, I understand. I understand how and why. So, uh, aside from the website, how can people connect with you or follow you um, on social media, follow your church, and and the like? Sure. Yeah. Any. I'm on all those platforms: Instagram, Twitter. Facebook at James E. Ward Jr. James E. Ward Jr. Again, visit my website at jameswardjr.com or just just type in zerovictim.com. It'll take you right to my website. The book is available there. The book is also available on Amazon, Kindle format as an ebook, uh, pretty much anywhere on social media you can find us. And so I would uh, be grateful if your if your listeners and viewers would support and get involved and help us to spread the zero victim message. We need a new narrative. We need a new merit message in America right now. And I believe that this zero victim message is really it. So I'm so grateful for your support and the support of your audience in helping us to get it out. Oh, yes, please do. I, I again, I would uh, 
I, I would highly recommend Zero Victim. And it's regardless of your, your race or any of that, uh, you know, it is a great perspective and attitude to have because we're all going to face adversity in our life, uh, whether it's fair adversity or unfair adversity, whether you're an actual victim or you're, you know, society's what society's telling you is a, is victimhood. Um, either way, this perspective is something worth reading and worth getting uh, getting to know a lot better. So, Pastor James Ward, thanks so much for being here. My parents were not wrong in suggesting that you come on. Um, I really appreciate it, and thank you so much. It's really my pleasure, Jerry. Anytime. All the best to you, and thanks for the great work that you're doing uh, with the show. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank all of you for listening to this episode of Fides Podcast with Pastor James Ward. Please check him out at jameswardjr.com. And uh, listen to all my different podcasts and all the different podcast apps on YouTube, on Rumble, and 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays on writeamericamedia.com. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. It's the same.